Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Just the Gist, Rosie Waterland's weekly podcast where she gives you just the gist of what you need to know about any given topic that she chooses to speak about. We've done The Bachelor, we've done The Bachelorette, and now it's finally time, Rosie, for you to give us just the gist of something that you are deeply (laughs) interested in. Thank Oprah. We made it through. (laughs) Praise Mm -hmm. to the cheeser gods. Um, Are you excited? Super excited. Just the Gist Classic. Yes. Week one. Indeed. Pressure. (laughs) So here we are. And, okay, so basically the way this is going to work, I mean, I'm sure we'll feel it out and decide what we like and whatever, but at the moment we're going to do just the gist of, like, a few big things in the news because Mm -hmm. I think, as I've told all of you many times, Jacob is not interested in any current... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> news, political, social, cultural events, unless they involve skincare. Um, so, <laughs> or like RuPaul's. <laughs> um, sometimes I feel like there's just a few key headlines that I need to give you just the gist on. Yep. Um, and then we'll have our big just the gist topic. Mm. And, and that's sort of the plan. Yes. I always find this incredibly helpful. I remember the time that you texted me to say that we had a new prime minister and I didn't know who the old prime minister (laughs) was. Well, look, to be fair, that's a lot of people are in that position (laughs) with us. Okay. So I messaged you yesterday to say, um, on just the gist tomorrow, what news topics is, is there anything you need just the gist on? And you just wrote back, no. And then you said, what's kryptonite? Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? I Googled it and I was like, I, the Superman thing. So I literally just went to news.com or something, one of those websites, and just looked at some of the headlines and there was one about someone having discovered some substance that was almost identical to kryptonite, how they know that. But what mm. is kryptonite even? It's something in the Superman from the planet Krypton. You're the one who's meant to be doing the research <laughs> no, and giving but, me the gist here. But how can a substance be similar to a fictional substance? Okay. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't even know what you were talking didn't pick about. Up that one. Okay. <laughs> so cool. The no problem. Actual headlines. First of all, I know we've moved on from Bachelor content, but I feel like quite biz- big news this week is that Astro Bachi and um, Chelsea with the abs have broken up. Ah. Yeah. Shame. Which the funniest thing was I sent you and Dino and our producer who's now left, Felix, yeah. a message with like a link to the news article mm. and Felix messaged back saying, who is Matt Agnew? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you literally were there every week. I was like, Astro Bachi. So that is literally how quickly people have moved on and do not care. Yeah. So he's grown a sad breakup moustache uh-huh. and she's like making sure she gets photographed out at lunch, having fun, uh-huh. and that's where they're at. Okay. Do you still have a crush on him? Yeah, all these people were like, get in there, Rosie, and I was like, oh, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was the best bachelor. He was the bachelor I liked the most, yeah. but no, mm-hmm. not as a legit thing. Although we both have shows on at Adelaide Fringe at the same time, so... We'll see. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. Can't fight um, Okay. The other big news has been all this stuff with Prince Andrew. So Prince Andrew is Prince Charles's younger brother, mm-hmm. which means he's basically a prince with, like, no responsibilities because he doesn't ever have to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, it's kind of been news because he did an interview last week about his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein, this billionaire who, like, was really gross. Mm. Um 
And he, the interview was like a major disaster. And the interview was meant to be what repaired his reputation because he'd been photographed with him and he'd stayed at his house and everyone was like, how could you? And the interview just was a big stuff up. Like, for example, the interviewer was like, so once he had been convicted of like uh, sex offences against children, why did you keep staying at his house when you were in New York? And he was just like, you know, it's just a really convenient place to stay. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of this bizarre example of how out of touch those royal people are. Like the answers he was giving were just so bizarre and he really thought that this interview was going to be what turned it around for him. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the big news that broke um, just in the last few hours is that he's now been asked to like step down as a royal person. Step down from having no responsibilities. Well, yeah. I mean, it's no one really knows what it means because it's never happened before. So he'll still be a prince. He still Mm. has the title prince, Mm -hmm. but he um, is no longer going to be asked to do any official royal duties. So like cutting ribbons and Mm -hmm. giving talks at charities. And he no longer gets paid to be a working royal. Right. He got fired. Well, he basically got fired uh-huh. by his mum. His mum fired. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's that. Um, was he the one who was married to Fergie? Yes. Are they still married? No, but they kind of like have a very close relationship. Like they seem to be best friends, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're not married. Okay. And does that make him then the father of the princess who's getting married soon, who yeah. I only know Beatrice. about from following Gary Gennetti? <laughs> yes, Beatrice and um, Eugenie. <laughs> Uh-huh. Eugenie. Eugenie. So, so she's getting married soon, right? Well, yeah. So that's all. Everyone's like, oh, that's he's like overshadowing her wedding now because she's going to get walked down the aisle by a dude who um, allegedly slept with teenage girls at a billionaire sex slave house. Oh, are they making those accusations about him? Oh, yeah. There's one girl who said she was forced to, um, you know, stoop with him when oh. she was 17. And he's denying it. He's There's a photo of them together. <laughs> And he's saying that the photo is doctored. And then the big thing from the interview that he did was she had said in her testimony that the night they met, they were dancing at a party and she remembers specifically how much he sweat and how gross he was and she felt like he was just this seedy old man. Mm. And he said in the interview, well, actually, this is interesting, um, because of, um, you know, the adrenaline something, something that I suffered in the Gulf War when I was injured... Um, at that time, I had a thing where I couldn't sweat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the interviewer was like, what? And then immediately everyone on Twitter just found a million photos of him sweating everywhere all the time. Right. So anyway, it's just been a whole debacle and the Queen was like, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Good on her. Well, but he's still worth like 30 million pounds, so he'll be fine. But yeah. he's basically disgraced. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever... They've said he'll come back to royal duties when the situation with Jeffrey Epstein has been mm-hmm. resolved, but I don't think it ever will be. Mm-hmm. And so he's just, he's out. The only other things really, uh, the second Cats trailer dropped yesterday and it's horrifically terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I cannot wait for that movie to come out because I feel like a lot of people aren't musical theatre fans. They don't understand what Cats is actually about, yeah. what the plot is. So I cannot wait to do a Just the Gist episode of the plot of Cats because it's oh, going to mess with people's heads. Yes, I love that. I have not seen Have you seen Cats? Oh, I haven't. I've seen the uh, video version of the Broadway show. Okay. Um, 
but I haven't seen it live. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's been in Australia for ages. I think Delta Goodrum was played the lead role a few years ago <laughs> in the Australian <laughs> version. How did I miss that? Um, but Cats is the musical that um, my mum went to when she was a fancy escort oh. and one of her very important clients mm -hmm. took her to see Cats and she sat um, like fourth row center and she loved it so much that she bought the video of the show. And so that was like something that me and my sister watched all the time when we were little. And I feel like a lot of people are going to go watch the movie at Christmas, not realizing that the story doesn't really have a plot. It's really weird and uh -huh. they're going to hate it. Uh-huh. So that's coming. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, when I'm in charge of telling you what the headlines are, those are what they are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing else important you need to know this week. This is why I don't bother with the news. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, there's a few tidbits to get you through some small talk if yes. you need to. Oh, gracias. Um, okay, on to our just the gist big topic. Ooh. First non-bachelor one ever. Okay. I know people love when I say the word gender dynamic, so I thought I'd pick one that kind of is on theme. Mm -hmm. So this week I'm going to give you just the gist of Monica Lewinsky. Oh, ah, good one. Yes. yes. Okay, yes, yes. so here are my reasons. Because she was here in Australia last week oh. and I didn't get tickets, I was devo. She yeah. did a couple of Q&As. Yeah. She speaks now about bullying and online harassment and everything mm -hmm. she went through. But also because I think... Most people think that she's just a slutty slutto macaw from Hawesville who stooped the president and then dobbed on him and got him in heaps of trouble. Mm -hmm. Growing up, that's kind of the basic understanding of the story I had because it mm -hmm. all happened when I was like nine or eight or nine. Mm -hmm. um, but it's actually like a lot more detailed than that. And she has come out in the last few years finally and re-entered public life and started talking quite poignantly about what she went through. But in terms of what people actually know in the detail, I don't think people really know a lot. Like, mm. what do you? What's your understanding of what happened? Um, I don't know a great deal of detail about exactly what happened back in the '90s when all of this broke. Yeah. Um, but I know that uh, in recent years, possibly even just this year, she's reemerged mm. um, and she's spoken about the way that she was harassed by the media, that she really was the very first victim of cyberbullying. Yes, she says um, patient zero of public shaming, right. online public shaming is what yeah. she says, yeah. Um, and obviously that had a horrific impact on her. Um, Hillary got dragged through the mud as well and Bill sort of emerged... Clean as a whistle. Um, Bill. Yeah. yeah. Um, How was my Bill just then? <laughs> <laughs> he kind of talks like Matthew McConaughey a bit. All right, I'm Bill. Because he's from the all South. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Anyway. I have no idea. Um, anyway, so now she's sort of re-emerged and in a way she's sort of being recognised as a hero today. A little. Yeah. Yeah. Feminist spokesperson. Mm-hmm which um, we'll get to, but mm -hmm. that's the thing. Everybody kind of knows now, particularly people of our generation saw, she wrote a Vanity Fair article a few years ago, which mm. was her very first time really giving her side of the story. Then she gave a TED Talk, mm -hmm. which is where she called herself Patient Zero of mm -hmm. Public Shaming. And since the whole Me Too movement, she's also really started talking about, because she always was really adamant that the whole thing was consensual, nothing was forced about it or anything, but since Me Too has happened and I think we're becoming more educated and understanding about how those 
not just gender dynamics, but particularly power dynamics yep. work. Mm. She says now, like, no, it was consensual. It wasn't forced, but there were certainly power dynamics at play that as a 21-year-old I didn't understand. So I always thought it was an equal situation, but now she's realising that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Cool. But I don't think people know the deets, so I so did a bit of reading. Take us back to the 90s. Let me give you just the gist. Okay. The year is 1995. That long ago? Yeah. Wow. Um, she's 21. Mm-hmm. She's graduated uni and she gets an internship at the White House, which aren't easy to get, but her parents are really well off and pretty well connected. Mm-hmm. And so they make a call to someone who knows someone who gets her an internship at mm-hmm. the White House. Um, and they pay for her to stay at the Watergate for the entire internship, which is like 18 months. So, What's the Watergate? The Watergate is a very famous hotel in Washington, D.C., um, which is at the centre <gasps> of everything that happened oh, with Nixon. Yeah, okay, yes. Because yes. everything's a something gate now. Yes. Oh, that was a hotel. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. The, uh, we don't need to go into it, but it, <laughs> it's just all centred around the yeah. Watergate Hotel. Yeah. And that's where she's staying. It's an expensive place to stay because it's like quite an iconic mm-hmm. place. And so she, her um, internship is with the chief of staff to the president. So even though as an intern she's probably just photocopying and stuff, she still is quite at the centre of important stuff because the White House is big. So she could be at the other end just with the Department of Garbage Collecting. But no, she's like in the thick of it. And so she does see the president and she um, says that they like would swap flirtatious looks. And she told her mum that, like, she has a bit of a crush on him, but she never talked to him or anything. But then there's this thing that happened called a government shutdown, which I only understand what it is from watching the show The West Wing. Uh So basically it's when, like, the government and the opposition are trying to agree on a budget for the year. They can't agree on one. And until they can agree on signing on the dotted line, this is the budget, everything in the government has to shut down because they have to stop paying people until they've agreed what they're going to pay people. And so things like national parks, national libraries, um, like visa applications, passport, anybody who works in government just gets sent home and doesn't get paid. So at this time, most people in the White House get sent home, but because interns don't get paid, they stay and keep working because they're not part of the shutdown. So no one to tell them what to do. Well, I mean, there's a few key personnel Uh are still there. Like the president's still there, obviously. The Uh chief of staff is still there. But all pretty much non-essential personnel get sent home. So any assistants, administrative people who have any knowledge of anything are all gone. So you have interns who at one point were just like photocopying and now like delivering things to the president's desk. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if all the teachers went home in high school and all the year 12s took over. Uh It's kind of like that. Yeah. It was giving me vibes of, you know, on the last day of school when only like 30% of the kids would actually show up. (laughs) And so they'd condense everyone into one class and just put a video on. Exactly. That is basically (laughs) what, okay, that is the nature of what is happening at the White House at this time. It's like not really usual, there's all these young interns running around. And so this is when the president's like, ooh, I'm going to get me mm-hmm. someone cute. <laughs> <laughs> and so they start talking to each other at this time mm-hmm. because there's reason for them to, because she's actually got important access that she wouldn't normally have. Mm-hmm. And then one night she's bringing something to the chief of staff's office, which is next door to the Oval Office, and she's dropping something off in there and um, he's in there by himself, President Clinton. And um, so they, like, 
have a bit of a talk and a chat. And during this flirtation, they start laughing because she makes a joke about how, and she's openly flirting with him. Mm. Do you want to see how much higher my um, G-string is than my pants? (laughs) And so she lifts up her jacket and, you know, back in the, 90s and early 2000s, literally your G-string would be around your waist and your pants would be around your hips. Mm -hmm. So she lifted it up to show him and they both had a bit of a giggle, like, ha, ha, ha. And so that was their first openly we're flirting kind of moment. So she shows him the G-string. How did they get onto that topic? Did she ever discuss how they started talking about panty lines? I tried looking into it and it was just like, by chance one night they found themselves alone and the conversation led to, here's my (laughs) G-string. (laughs) I'd say she was being pretty brazen. It sounds like in this whole thing, she really did have a big crush on him. She's 21 and she kind of pulls out the big gun (laughs) 21-year-old flirt moves, which is want to see my knickers. My whale tail. Yeah, right? So so that happens and then she goes back to work and I think he's been transfixed by it because later that night she's walking past the same office and he calls her in And she goes in and this time she says to him, you know, I actually have a pretty big crush on you. Mm. And I told my mum that I've been enjoying working here because I have a big crush on you. And he laughs and then he says, well, do you want to see my private office? And she says, yes. And so they go into his private office, which isn't the Oval Office. It's like a little side one. They go in there and they kiss, they make out. And then she says she... Um, better get back to her desk. People will notice she's gone. So she goes back. And then even later that night, he summons her to his office again. Um, and then they have a full-on makeout in the private office, like touching each other's special places makeout. Like they just get right to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apparently he takes a phone call while they're doing that because he's the president and like, People need to talk to him all the time. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's all very, like, risque and naughty and sexy. And um, and then at the end of it, of that make-out sesh, which these sessions usually only last a, a few minutes at best because yeah. people will notice, she writes down her name and number because I don't think he even knows her name at this point, gives it to him. And that's how it started, all in that night when, you know, the adults were away and the kids just... We're on their own. And do we know about all of these from those tapes that one of her friends released? Yes, I will explain. Okay. So, I mean, the majority of this information that I got is I read the Star Report, which a guy called Ken Star investigated the whole thing and then there's a report. So I read a lot of that um, and that goes into a lot of embarrassing detail. And then the tapes as well, which I'll tell you about. So after it starts that night, what happens next? Slash how far did it go? Well... She becomes immediately obsessed Mm -hmm. because she's 21 and she's got a crush on this important guy. Mm -hmm. Um, The relationship, and I use that term loosely, lasts for about 18 months from that night. And in that time, in that 18 months, it is basically a girl who was just totally in love and obsessed with a guy and a guy who doesn't really remember she exists until he gets a pain tingle and feels like hooking up. Uh But she's convinced that it's something way bigger than what it is. Uh They hardly ever see each other, and this surprises people. So in that 18 months, they were only able to sneak away and do those secret office rendezvous nine times. Nine times in 18 months. Yeah. 
nine times. She got a little love and crumb that was every all, two months. That was, no, because that was all pretty much condensed to pretty much the beginning, ah. right? And they also never had full-on, ooh, I hate this word, penetrative. <laughs> <laughs> penetrative. Ugh. Intercourse. Ugh. They never did that. Uh-huh. Um, they. It was all making out and other things. Mm-hmm. And he also would never finish. Outside of that, they call each other a lot. So there's about 50 calls logged in the White House call logs to her apartment and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll, he, like, had a couple presents sent to her, like a book, and she gave him a tie. And um, But basically she's reading into every tiny thing that he says and does and what happens, and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm. He's not that into you, like... Mm. And she doesn't realise. Like, it gets to the point where she's uh, so obsessive that um, they transfer her to the Pentagon. So she gets transferred out of the White House because everybody in the White House can kind of tell, like his secretary and his chief of staff. It's not a secret. I mean, it's a workplace, people. So they transfer her out. But then she just starts turning up at events where he is, like so functions around Washington, D.C. So, yeah, basically in that 18 months, they only see each other nine times. Um, and they call a bit, and that's kind of it. Like, it's not as much as what people think. Mm. In that 18 months is, yes, when the cigar thing happened, which is what a I lot of people talk about. I forgot about that. Okay, so oh. this is a thing that I didn't know. <laughs> I grew up just hearing stuff about a cigar on the news, not understanding what it meant, mm-hmm. and that just filed away in my brain and so when I hear about it now, I'm just like, oh, yeah, something with a cigar. I don't know. Uh-huh. So I did, I, when I stopped to think about it, I was like, I don't actually know what happened. Uh-huh. So. I can't wait to hear you describe it. I'm going to keep this PG. <laughs> and if there's kids in the car, just skip ahead 30 seconds. I'll just get it out of the way really fast. So he takes a cigar and accesses her lady garden with it. And then he pulls the cigar out and puts it in his mouth and says, mm, that tastes good. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, it's over, everyone. It's over. It's over. It's safe to, it's safe to keep playing. Does he light it or is it too damp from that oh, point on? Oh, I don't on? know. I'm giving you just the gist. <laughs> Holy Oprah. I stopped reading as soon as I got the basic gist of what happened, okay? Um, so that that's seems when, dangerous. That's when that happens. What's interesting is he... Cut things off uh-huh. after 18 months, and he cuts things off when he finally does. Oh, mm-hmm. finish one time he does, and that's the time that it gets on the, the blue famous dress. blue dress. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did they get busted? So I think this is the part that a lot of people really aren't familiar with. Like I always just thought, oh, she she told everyone. Isn't that how, isn't that what happened? But no, she told a few people in her life, but she loved him and was obsessed with him and thought they were star-crossed lovers and they were meant to be together. So she wasn't going to get him in trouble. So she had a chance to dob him in because this is where other women come into it. Mm -hmm. So he was being investigated for doing inappropriate things with other women in the White House. Ken Starr, the investigator, was investigating him for that. And in the course of that investigation, Monica got pulled into an interview and asked, 
have you done anything inappropriate with the president? And she said no, because she called him the night before and said, I've got to go to this interview tomorrow. What should I say? And he said, deny it and you'll be fine. So that's what she does. But for almost the entire 18-month period that they were, you know, Mm. Monica was telling her friend about it. And her friend is Linda Tripp. Mm -hmm. And Linda Tripp hates the president, hates Democrats, wants him out of the White House. And so she's pretending to be Monica's friend and giving her advice, but the whole time she's taping all the phone calls. Mm. And she initially was taping the phone calls because she was going to write a book about it. Mm -hmm. But then she decided, actually, like, I'm going to use these tapes to get him in trouble rather than to make money for me. But she was also giving her advice, like actively trying, like actively building a case. Like, so Monica told her finally last night, um, he finally let me take him all the way. Mm. And Linda Tripp is the one who said to her, keep that dress, don't wash it, just in case this all goes Mm. badly. It's an insurance policy for you. Like, Mm keep it. And yep. so Monica kept it because Linda Tripp told her to. Oh. Um, so Linda Tripp's kind of, you know, she's kind of smart. I mean, she had a plan and she was getting it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm morally reprehensible in my yep. opinion. <laughs> Wouldn't be my plan, yep. but smart. True. Yes. She got the outcome that she wanted at okay. the cost of, I'm sure, an important friendship. I don't think it was to her, to be honest. But <laughs> So she takes the tapes to Ken Starr, who's been trying to pin Clinton on a bunch of things, including uh, harassing this other woman. And Ken Starr's like, yes, thank you. We really effing needed this. We got him. Mm. Hooray. So then, this is really sad. Linda organises to meet Monica for lunch mm-hmm. at a food court. And when Monica turns up, Ken Starr is there with a bunch of FBI agents. Oh, They take her to a hotel room, don't let her leave for 11 hours while they question her. Oh. Yeah. So this is what people don't realise. She went through, this was scary, right? And she's 22. 22 by this stage. And no one knows where she is. No. She's in this room for 11 hours. They let her call her mum, but that's it. And basically what they say to her is, like, she won't tell them anything. She Mm. refuses. But then they say you did that other interview where you said nothing happened. Mm -hmm. We have tapes proving that it did. So we're going to charge you with perjury, which is like lying under oath, and you will get sent to prison for a gazillion million years Mm -hmm. unless you tell us everything that's happened. So they Mm -hmm. basically blackmail her into telling them. They're like, you will go to prison unless you tell us. And then they also managed to get the blue dress because the mum has the blue dress. She'd been keeping it at her mum's house. And they also say to her mum, we will charge you unless you give us that. So give us the blue dress and we'll give you immunity and then you don't have to worry. So the mum hands over the dress. And so at this stage, they have the tapes, they have Monica, they have Monica's mum, they have Linda Tripp, and they have the jizz dress. Mm -hmm. So like... He's effed. Uh Any questions at this point? (laughs) It's so different to what you think. Hey, like she didn't want to, like she didn't want to. They made her. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought that um, it was just a matter of Linda Tripp going immediately to the media and then once it was in the media, it all just started to snowball no. from there. I didn't realise there was an FBI investigation going on in the background. Yes. Um, I mean, perjury laws exist for a reason. Mm. Obviously really important to actually find out what is actually true. Um, but I think the fact that she perjured herself under the instruction of the President of the United States. Which is a huge part of uh, the impeachment case against him was that he had um, coerced somebody into lying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear why he actually didn't get impeached because I have absolutely no idea. Oh, yeah, um, I can tell you why. But, okay, so then from this point, what Okay, so then? from this point, he's effed. So I've got here, how does it wrap up slash impeachment? Mm-hmm. Here we go. So Ken Starr and the investigation team, they go public with the accusations because these investigations are very public things. Like you can see, well, probably you can't see because you don't watch the news, but with what's happening with the impeachment hearings right now in um, the US, oh. um, they're trying to impeach Trump at the moment. Oh, so it's all on the news. Great. It's all public. Uh-huh. Like it's not done in secret. So everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And that's when he does that famous press conference where mm-hmm. he says, I did not have, go do it. Sexual relations with that woman. Yes. So that's I went he, way too south. <laughs> with that woman. With that Deep woman. Side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he gets interviewed and he denies it as well. But this is all before he knows how much evidence they have. And that's the thing, because they want to be able to bring impeachment charges against him. Mm-hmm. And to be impeached basically means you're... You, get fired as the president. But just to have sex with someone isn't an impeachable offence. I mean, it just means you did a crappy thing, but Mm -hmm. to lie under oath is an impeachable offence. So they wanted to trap him, Mm -hmm. which they do. There was also some PR form that he filled out where he had to, like, uh, confirm that he hadn't had any, like, fraternisation in the White House, and he said no. So Mm -hmm. they also had this form. Mm -hmm. And so they bring impeachment trial against him, Um, but it doesn't go through. And here's why. And here's why Trump will probably never get impeached because they can bring an impeachment trial Mm -hmm. and they can show all the evidence. Mm -hmm. So in this case, it was um, not that he'd done it with Monica, but that he'd lied under oath about it. He'd encouraged her to lie about it. They were the impeachment charges. So they bring all the evidence and then the way they decide is that the Senate votes. Uh Uh-huh. And so the Senate is half Republican, half Democrat or whatever, Uh approximately. I don't know about that. I mean, it sounds about right, doesn't it? (laughs) So all the Democrats voted not to impeach, obviously, Uh because that's his party. And 10 Republicans also voted not to impeach. So he had the majority. And so he didn't get impeached. They just voted not to impeach. That's how easily... It happens. Wow, really? And so that's why they're saying at the moment, even though all these impeachment trial stuff is happening with Trump right now, it doesn't matter because when it comes down to it, they won't vote to impeach him. And to this date, I'm assuming that the Senate is pretty much a majority white male group. Yes. And back in the 90s, surely it was almost exclusively old white male. I think that's why... It surprised people that those that number of Republicans voted not to impeach, but I think it really did come down to the fact that they thought his sex life is nobody's business and how dare you and men are allowed to just, this shouldn't be part of it. And, you know, uh-huh. people think he did get impeached or if they know he didn't, they want to know why. It's literally because they voted not to. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of his presidency just kind of peters out. 
Mm-hmm. Like after that, his approval rating's pretty low. People mm-hmm. are sick of him. And he kind of like finishes his presidency. The next election is between Al Gore and George Bush in mm-hmm. the year 2000. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that it's possibly the reason Bush won. Really? Backlash mm. against the Democrats. But also they say that... Um, Possibly Bush won because the Democrats got too spooked to put to let him campaign for Gore, mm-hmm. but people actually did want to see him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like both. It's like maybe it was backlash against the Democrats, maybe it was because the Democrats got too scared and mm. but whatever, it still had a huge effect. Yeah. And that's how we ended up with Bush. <sighs> um in two thousand. And <laughs> Monica pretty much disappeared from public life for years and years. Yeah. Until she kind of popped up recently, like we said. Yeah. And started actually really talking about how awful it was for her and what happened. I mean, she was a joke. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. You say she disappeared. She stepped out of the spotlight, but her name was brought up on every comedy show, every radio show you would listen to. There was some sort of cheap joke made at the expense of Monica Lewinsky, a cigar and a blue dress. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm 33 and you're, what, 35 now, Mm -hmm. right? And so... We both know of the cigar and the blue dress and mm. of this chubby woman because everybody would comment on her weight. Mm. And But I never knew what any of it was. Mm. To me, it was just always like this woman who was kind of a joke. Yeah. Like, and who, you know, tried to steal someone's husband mm. and like was a predator and went after him. And what's really interesting is I was in a job a few years ago at a mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. and it was when um, she wrote that Vanity Fair article. So it was like the first major thing where she'd really mm-hmm. given her um, sort of considered opinion after a long time. And I remember when that article came out, the office I was in was split, and it was all the older kind of Gen X boomer women who were like, nah, homewrecker, don't try and make yourself the victim. You went after him. You mm-hmm. did it. And all the sort of younger millennial and younger women were like, she was 21 years old yeah. and he was the most powerful man in the world. She was taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And there's no way he didn't know that she was in love with him, right? Like mm. he would have known. Mm. Like so it was really interesting divide. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yes, she told him that she had a crush on him, but he should have known a whole lot better. Yeah. Yes, he took full advantage of the fact that he had this star-struck young thing um, who was willing to do whatever he said. Exactly. With or without a cigar. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't the term they kept using marital aid? Ew, is it? (laughs) Which made no sense to me as an 11-year-old. Thanks for describing it to us. (laughs) (laughs) It's excruciating for me to describe. So, I mean, that's it. That's just the gist of Monica. Okay. So, questions, comments. What was she doing in all that time? Because I know she, like really had a massive breakdown and she was on suicide watch mm. for a while and obviously it took her a while to rebuild her mental health. But then do you know what she was doing from that point onwards? Um, no, because I'm giving you just the gist. Okay, right. <laughs> but I will say from what I've read, she really struggled to find work, mm. so that was difficult for her. Um, she ended up working um, on and off for like some non-profits uh-huh. and... There's an HBO special where she um, got questioned by the audience and she did this bizarre prank with Tom Green. Um, Remember the guy who was married to Drew Barrymore? And he used to do really gross stuff. Well, it was actually quite a clever prank. It was messing with the media. So he 
basically kept saying, um, Monica Lewinsky and I are going to, I think it was like Spain or something, Spain, and we've got a huge announcement to make. Monica and I have a huge announcement to make to all of you. We're really excited to share this big news with you. Mm. And so the news just went crazy and started printing that Monica Lewinsky was going to marry Tom Green. Mm. And then they got there and all the press was there. And he's like, oh, yeah, Monica um, uh, is starting a scarf line and she's really excited to tell you all about it. <laughs> so, like, she had a sense of humour about, like, I think uh-huh. she was trying, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but really it's hard. Like, she said that in the years before she started talking about it, which was about five years ago now, mm. she s- started dipping her toe in seeing what the reaction would be. She just wasn't doing a lot yeah. and was struggling to make money even. Yeah. Like, it was, what could she do? Yeah. Well, I can imagine because she's still quite recognisable to this day. Yeah. It would have been hard to even just go out in public and make eye contact with a stranger because you'd know exactly what they were thinking. So I think the fact that she's now stepped back out into the spotlight is incredibly brave. Taking and control of your narrative, man, it's a huge game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Good on her. And look, you haven't really mentioned Hillary much here, but I know that Hillary yeah. also was kind of ridiculed a lot back while all this was happening. Yeah, well, one of the grossest things was in the Ken Starr report, they made a huge deal about the fact that um, when Monica went down on him, he said to her, nobody's done that for me for a long time. So it was kind of like my prudish feminist wife who Mm. won't do that. Mm. Like, And so she got a lot of crap for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, a lot of people also get mad about Hillary. um, Staying with him. Not staying with him, but not being supportive of the women that he's harassed and allegedly, you know, abused and and taken advantage of. Yeah. Like, she's actively worked with him to disparage, Mm. like, the women behind those rumours and to say that, like, these things didn't happen and these women are lying and whatever. Mm. But she would know the true nature of her husband. Yeah. Did anyone else come forward? Any heaps of, the of other people women? have come yeah. forward. Uh-huh. I mean, we don't have time to go into it, but heaps of uh-huh. women have come forward with yeah. allegations against him. Um, Paula Jones mm. was a woman who accused him of actual full-on, like, rape and assault. Oh. Um, and it didn't go anywhere. Uh-huh. Like, But she says to this day that that happened. So lots of women have accused him of things, and that's why, you know... People have said that uh, when Hillary was campaigning against Trump, a lot of people said it was kind of hypocritical of her to talk about his treatment of women when she stood by her husband, who people have alleged, Mm. alleged, (laughs) he's done similar things. And he's now considered like a very respected kind Mm. of high up key father figure in the Democratic party in the US, like quite an important, it seems like the one who came out of it best is him. Yeah, absolutely. Like Monica's the whore, Hillary's the prude, Mm -hmm. and he's just this guy who got caught up and I was just trying to be a good president. He's going to (laughs) go play saxophone. and So I just gave you just the gist of Monica Lewinsky. Thank you. And I feel like a good way to finish is to ask you, like, if you this came up at a dinner party, uh-huh. do you feel like you now know enough to fudge your way through a conversation about it? All right. So in a nutshell, a 21-year-old girl gets an unpaid internship. She develops a crush on the most powerful person on the planet. Mm. 
tells him she has a crush on him. He takes advantage of that and uses her for sexual favours when he feels like Mm -hmm. it over the course of 18 months. She starts confiding about what's happening to her best friend via the phone. Friend starts recording these conversations. Uh, She contacts the media and helps orchestrate an FBI takedown of the president in the process possibly destroying, at least temporarily, the life of someone who was ostensibly a friend of hers Mm. and then leading to a drawn-out media circus that um, belittled and was demeaning to two women but didn't seem to really stick at all to the guy who was, in many ways, the biggest perpetrator of all. You know what I'm going to (laughs) say? Gender dynamics. gender (laughs) Yes, so that's, you know, I feel like you got got it, it, man. Oh, well, all credit to you. Just That (laughs) was just the gist. Yeah, the only reason that it probably would come up is if they released a movie of this, which I Well, a TV show's coming out. Okay, who's playing Monica? Oh, my God. So it's by Ryan Murphy, who does, you know... American Horror Story. Yeah, and the true crime story. So he did the OG, People vs. OG Simpson Uh and Gianni Versace. So Mm -hmm. he's doing an American... I don't know, is it a crime? Not really. American politics story. Uh-huh. Um, Beanie Feldstein is playing I don't know Monica Lewinsky. I knew you <laughs> wouldn't know. Picture. <laughs> She's Jonah Hill's little sister and she is just mwah, chef's kiss perfect casting. Great. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing. And Monica is a producer on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's really from like uh-huh. the victim's point of view, which as it effing should be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And who's playing Bill? Oh, I forget. I saw it the other day and it's not really a kind of looks like him, mm-hmm. but it's not someone that I got excited about. I was okay. just like, oh, whatever. And apparently they're still casting Hillary. Right. So. Who should that be? Meryl, maybe. Meryl. Well, no, <laughs> but she's back when she was young, though. Like, younger. Meryl can still play young. They can That's do amazing true. things with digital effects these Meryl days Meryl can well. play anything. Yeah. Meryl could play, you know, the royal baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meryl could play the royal baby and the next day she could play, I don't know, Sir Ian McKellen. Yep. Okay, so that was our first Just the Gist classic. Thanks, honey. Yay, we're excited. And we're going to talk about lots of exciting stuff. If you have any suggestions, which people have been sending me some amazing suggestions. Yeah. So send them through because this is going to be fun. Yay, can't wait. Listener.